Informing America's farmers and ranchers. It's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. And hello, everyone. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Good to be with you today. Back from my trip to Sedalia, Missouri and the Missouri State Fair. Always enjoy my visits there. We'll talk a little bit more about it later in the program. Uh, They're all hoping for rain over that way, that's for sure. We're going to talk with DTN meteorologist Bryce Anderson on the program today to see who's going to get rain today. Looks like uh, a lot of areas could get some this week. We'll talk with Bryce about that. Also, we have new ag equipment sales numbers out, and Kurt Blades with the Association of Equipment Manufacturers will join us to go over those numbers. And also, uh, we'll hear from Angela Hoffman, co-director of Farmers for Free Trade. She was at the Missouri State Fair yesterday. We'll talk about uh, the uh, event that was held there yesterday and similar events going on at other state fairs in the Midwest this summer. Right now, though, we bring in Jarrett Renshaw, National Energy Markets reporter for Reuters. Jarrett, thanks for joining us. You've been on the road. See, last week you were in Iowa, right? I was. Yeah, my first time there, or at least I, I think I've driven through Iowa. It was my first time actually spending a considerable amount of time there, so it was great. Yeah, tell us a little bit about your trip. Yeah, so uh, my assignment was to kind of go out there and take the pulse of uh, farmers ahead of the November elections and, and also politicians as well um, to kind of see how Trump's trade policies and his uh, positions on the RFS may or may not be kind of impacting the upcoming election. So um, I think my feedback is, by and large, I I, I still think uh, the farmers are still supportive of Trump. Um, But I think they uh, I think their patience is growing a little thin. I think I think they want to see a little bit more action. Um, Well, I know they want to see a little bit more action, both on maybe some of the trade fronts, um, and certainly on the RFS and E15 keeps coming up um, repeatedly. So I think that's the that's the headline, if you will. Yeah, I would agree, and I heard the same thing yesterday at the Missouri State Fair uh, on trade and uh, on those other issues. Still supportive of the president, but uh, wanting to see, needing to see some action soon, especially on these on these trade deals. All right, we're talking with Jarrett Renshaw, National Energy Markets Reporter for Reuters. Jarrett, um, Andrew Wheeler, the head of EPA right now, is uh, spending some time in Iowa, too, talking about the RFS. Uh, what, what do you make of his comments and what you're hearing from him? You know, I was glad they echoed a lot of what he said to uh, um, to us. With, if you recall, a few weeks ago, there was a few reporters that got some time with him, and he, he seemed to be singing out the same uh, kind of hymn book there, uh, which is he he walked back, I guess, uh, Pruitt's comments. Uh, Pruitt, had, his predecessor, had said that he believed the EPA could legally um, impose or lift the ban on E15 during the summer. Um, Wheeler walked that back, uh, saying that he's not, he's not, he's not there yet. Um, and he said that he wanted a, some kind of deal um, that would include some, 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 some sign-off from the oil industry um, to avoid them litigating it if they would do it unilaterally. And, and, and that was in line with what he said to us in terms of seeking a broader deal. Um, and I think the one, the one good thing that I've talked to biofuel folks who were in the meeting um, was that, if you recall, there was a lawsuit challenging, and I, I don't know all the details and the technical stuff, but... Essentially, there was 500 million gallons that needed to be taken into account 
that that weren't uh, mandated uh, some years back. Um, and uh, biofuel folks won in a, a lawsuit, and Wheeler said that they, they plan to have some resolution on this, somehow give those gallons back um, by the end of the year. He was a little light on the details, but um, I think that's something that was seen as a positive. But I think uh, the biofuel folks feel like they're just, you know, walking in quicksand on this E15. They need to go left to right. And I, I do think that it loses some of its political utility if, uh, you know, if these, if the industry keeps having to beg for it and, and it eventually gets them. I think it loses its, its bump at some point in time. You know, I think, Jarrett, whether it's trade, whether it's the RFS, whether it's the Farm Bill, uh, all these are huge issues uh, that agriculture, rural America, are very concerned about. Not to be overlooked is the backdrop and the looming uh, midterm elections coming up and the feeling that something might happen on one, two, or three of these issues just because of the elections that kind of spur some action and uh, they'll want some positives uh, to sell to rural America going into those elections. I, I think that's right. I, I mean, I think... Certainly, the Republican candidates I've spoken to, now they won't say explicitly. They, you know, they have some distance between Trump, and and I think they, um, you know, they want to be judged by their own merits. And, and, and quite frankly, Iowa Republicans are very supportive of the ag industry and for RFS. And there's, you know, so I, I, if you read between the lines and what they're calling for, I, I think they want some points on the board before November. They want something. Um, they don't want to play defense the next two months, um, and Democrats are going to do their best to kind of hang all these un- unpopular policies on the Republicans, fairly or not. Um, and I think uh, I think Republicans want to play offense, and they want to say, "Here's you know, we got Republicans in the White House, we got Republicans in the Senate, we got Republicans in governorship in Iowa, we have three of the four congressional seats, um, and we should be able to deliver for Iowa farmers." I think that's the, the general, you know, um, so. I, I, my guess is that the, the, there's going to be a lot of pressure applied by Republicans in Iowa uh, to get something done that they can take to the farmers and say, here's why you voted for us. You know, it might be farm bill. And in most farm bill years, a passage of a farm bill usually would carry the day. But I'm not so sure this year, with all the other issues that are mounting up, Farm bi- passing a farm bill alone might not be enough to really uh, soothe the concerns out there heading into those elections. It may take a little more. Yeah, I th- I, farm bill strikes me as a um, obviously it's a huge deal, but it does strike me as more administrative than kind of political. Um, you know, it's kind of something you kind of have to get done, and, and it's almost inevitable it gets done. Obviously, there's a lot of fights around specific parts of the bill and winners and losers and that thing, but as a general broad-based thing. I'm, I'm not so sure it has the appeal of, of you know, resolving this with Mexico. And these are big financial issues for folks. You know? and, and, and I think they're seeing, you're seeing the early signs of uh, not being able to get product places. And ultimately, that, you know, if you're a farmer with a family, that, that, that's the most important thing. Um, over the, you know, it's right in front of your face here in the next couple of weeks. So, you know, somehow they, I think they're, you know, I, I think the administration's clearly aware of this, and I, I suspect they're going to, they're going to, they're going to not move heaven and earth, but they're going to, they're going to, I think they're going to fight to get something done here. Yep. Jared, good to talk with you. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, no problem. Take it easy. 
You too, Jarrett Renshaw, National Energy Markets Reporter for Reuters. Well, maybe some good trade news coming between U.S. and Mexico, supposedly very, very close on reaching a deal as uh, the White House Council of Economic Advisors chairman said yesterday, speaking on Fox Business Network, that uh, the negotiating team is going through what I would almost characterize as the final details, he said, and added that the Trump administration remains hopeful that a deal with Mexico would then help speed up an agreement that would include, at some point, Canada. So we'll watch that closely. It's sounding more and more like a U.S.-Mexico deal is close. Well, hopefully rain is close, if not already there, for a lot of the dry parts of the country. We'll talk about that next with DTN meteorologist Bryce Anderson. Stay with us on AOA Adams on Agriculture. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 immediately. That's 800-955-4538. Page Publishing is looking for authors of all types of books. And unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review each and every book submitted to them and give you their feedback. If they like what they read, they'll get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, Barnes & Noble, and other outlets. They handle everything. Editing, cover design, copyright protection, printing, publicity, and distribution. So if you've written a novel, children's book, cookbook, inspirational work, poetry, or a biography and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800-955-4538 now for your free author submission kit. Again, for your free author submission kit, call 800-955-4538. That's 800-955-4538. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 for your free author submission kit. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water in incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive a free DVD and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,000 savings coupon, including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with bottles starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited-time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-991-5852 for your free DVD and brochure. That's 800-991-5852. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-991-5852 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. What if you had a medical emergency away from home? What you need is Mobile Help, America's premier mobile medical alert system. Most systems only work at home, but with Mobile Help, you get help outside the home with coverage nationwide on one of the largest cellular networks at the press of a button. I press the button, and lo and behold, the emergency came within minutes. Mobile Help did save my life. No question about that. Call Mobile Help now for a free color brochure. We'll send you everything you need, including the base station, the patented mobile device, 
the waterproof pendant and wrist button. You can also add the fall button that automatically detects falls and signals help. Call today and receive a risk-free 30-day trial. There's no equipment to buy and no long-term contract. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free emergency key box with your plan purchase. Remember, mobile help keeps you safe coast to coast. Call 800-930-6137 now for your free mobile help brochure. That's 800-930-6137. Again, 800-930-6137. Information farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Welcome back. Well, for sure, the number one topic of discussion yesterday when I was at the Missouri State Fair in Sedalia, the drought in Missouri. And they were very hopeful about rain this week. There's rain in their forecast, and uh, they can't wait. Let's bring in DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. Bryce, uh, are they going to get that rain this week? There is some rain starting uh, in northern Missouri right now, Mike. In fact, um, the uh, the radar is... Uh, pointing to some possibly locally heavy rain in northwestern Missouri uh, from from uh, Rockport through Maryville and then maybe even south to uh, St. Joseph and uh, expanding over the next 24 hours across the northern part of the state uh, to the Mississippi River. Uh, so there is also the, um, the uh, repeated round of rainfall that is in the forecast because the impetus for this is uh, due to a cutoff area of low pressure over uh, kind of uh, Kansas, Texas, and uh, uh, western Missouri that's just kind of spinning around aimlessly for the next several days. And the good thing about that is that uh, there is the inflow of moisture out of the Gulf of Mexico into the south-central part of the country uh, with the uh, rainfall continuing to form. And this is pretty much what uh, you need in order to uh, get some rains that are truly substantial. Now, Missouri hasn't received uh, this kind of rainfall, but uh, farther west in Kansas and then southwest in northern Texas, they did have some pretty heavy rains on Monday. Uh, Wichita Falls had 4.8, close to 5 inches of rain, and that was a record for the date by a long ways, more than double the previous record. Uh, Dodge City had two inches, uh, basically two inches flat. Uh, Hayes, Kansas had almost two inches, 1.95. And Salina had two and a quarter, close to 2.3 inches. So we know that there is uh, certainly rainfall that's capable of, uh, of accumulating uh, with this pattern. And like I say, now it is starting to show up in, in uh, parts of northwestern Missouri. Much needed indeed. It, it won't help the corn in Missouri, but it can still help the beans. And, uh, wow, pastures need it, uh, creeks, ponds, uh, they, they just need some rain. And it uh, sounds uh, encouraging for them uh, this weekend for a lot of areas, as you said, already getting some rain and more on the way. What about the rest of the country, Bryce, this week ahead? Well, conditions are going to be pretty mild on temperatures because the uh, the upper air pattern still has uh, high-pressure ridging uh, parked out over Nevada and California, uh, so it uh, keeps the uh, very dry conditions in place over uh, the western uh, United States, and uh, the fire dangers and, and everything are still uh, well in effect, uh, actually from uh, the western U.S. north into British Columbia, Canada. But uh, east of that, low-pressure troughing is uh, pretty much a feature in the Great Lakes and the eastern Midwest. And so uh, we're going to have temperatures that are seasonal to even a little bit below normal. And I think that that's going to uh, help uh, conditions out as far as uh, temperatures for, for uh, filling corn 
and uh, for soybean pod fill, obviously. And this is going to be in effect now for the next 10 days, maybe even the next two weeks. And, Mike, that's going to get us into the end of August with a pretty mild temperature track over much of the Midwest. And I think that that's generally going to be favorable. We know that there's a potential for an overall very large crop this year. And this is going to keep the things, I think, on that track when we look at the uh, middle to latter part of August with these uh, types of temperatures. Yeah, if you're in those areas with good crops, then uh, that forecast makes you think of the old saying, big crops get bigger. It really does, and uh, I don't think there's any reason to doubt that. Uh, you and I have both seen pictures of, of places that are out of the drought areas uh, where the potential for uh, production is uh, is way high and uh, still looking uh, quite favorable, and uh, that's what uh, the this kind of a pattern is going to bring. I mean, when when uh, you get into the uh, latter part of the season and temperatures allow uh, grain to kind of take its own course in terms of filling out, uh, that's when uh, there can be some uh, very uh, good weights put on uh, both uh, ears or both uh, kernels of corn and soybeans uh, for that final stage. Talking with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. All right, Bryce, what about around the world, some of those trouble spots? Uh, what's, what about Australia? What's going on there? I'm glad you mentioned Australia because I think, Mike, that there is still room to uh, bring down the uh, projected wheat crop in Australia for uh, for the uh, 2019 harvest. Uh, the wheat crop is uh, in the... Uh, you know, still in the uh, final stages, I should say, the, the harvest for the end of this calendar year, then moving into uh, the first part of the year, 2019. Uh, there's virtually no rain forecast for Queensland and uh, most of New South Wales over the next week. There was a little bit of rain in the southern fringe of the Australian continent uh, during the, the past weekend, but uh, the, the driest areas of New South Wales and Queensland did not get any, and, you know, that's a, a very large percentage of the wheat production in Australia. So I think that there's uh, still going to be some issues there. And then um, a little bit uh, more into uh, Europe and, uh, you know, the uh, western part of Asia, uh, Russia and Ukraine, the Black Sea region, are pretty much going to be on the dry side over the next uh, five days or so. Uh, I think that there still is a question on how well their total crop is going to do. I, I think there was a little bit of a surprise that, again, that part of the world didn't get dialed back a little bit more. And uh, northern Europe has some rainfall, but mainly over the low countries, uh, ne the Netherlands uh, into uh, England. Uh, Germany and France have not really had very much uh, of this uh, recent round of rainfall. And we know that uh, the, the wheat situation in Europe is still kind of a question as to whether that's going to be reduced in later reports also because of how dry it got during the final stages of their wheat production year. Two weeks from today, we'll start the Farm Progress Show in Boone, Iowa. What's the forecast look for that part of Iowa for the end of the month? Things are looking uh, really quite favorable uh, with this uh, with this pattern uh, keeping the heat out of uh, the picture. I think that that's going to be good. And uh, the uh, the rainfall that we get has been uh, taking a pattern that is more in the uh, in the uh, line of you know some periodic showers, uh, kind of on an off and on basis. But uh, when we look at the start of the show, anyway, in a couple weeks, temperatures basically around the. Uh, you know, the 80 to 81 mark uh, during the daytime, 
and uh, just a very slight chance of uh, light showers uh, is all at this point. So it doesn't look, Mike, like we're going to be, uh, you know, turning the spigot on in a, in a real heavy way in central Iowa uh, a couple weeks from now. And that'll be, of course, a big difference from uh, some previous uh, occasions uh, when the show has been in central Iowa. But it looks like this year we're going to get treated to a pretty good round of conditions. And looking at a little further, uh, have you started looking at fall yet? I have. And uh, right now the fall season, uh, considering that uh, harvest is going to be starting fairly early, I think uh, that uh, fall is uh, looking quite good uh, with temperatures that are going to be uh, continuing on a seasonal uh, track uh, with uh, precipitation that I don't think is going to uh, suddenly turn uh, to a real heavy pattern. In fact, uh, some uh, analysis uh, of the Pacific conditions is showing that uh, the, uh, the water temperatures are just pretty much running uh, on a neutral track right now, and it doesn't look like if there is an El Nino developing out there in the equator region, of the Pacific that it's going to uh, be uh, happening earlier this fall than later this fall. I think if uh, El Nino develops, it is going to be later on this fall. And uh, that, uh, I think, is certainly favorable when you think about an overall harvest weather pattern of being uh, pretty much uh, seasonal in temperatures uh, with uh, around normal precipitation and maybe even a little bit below normal, uh, which would uh, obviously favor uh, the harvest progress. Plus, as you said, Bryce, it looks like for a lot of areas, an early harvest. Oh, yeah. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised that there are some uh, fields in the in the southern half of the Midwest, Mike, where harvest is taken care of probably by the end of September, certainly on corn. And that means that uh, soybean harvest would be uh, pretty well wrapped up at, uh, in that uh, same early time frame. And uh, that is one thing that I have not heard anything about. And that is a concern about uh, when the first frost is going to be because of how things have moved along over the last month or so. Yeah, we have enough other things to worry about this year. That, that one isn't uh, one of them this year. No, not, not, not the frost consideration. That's, that's very true, and uh, that's one positive in all of this. All right. Bryce, thanks a lot. And uh, two weeks from today, as I said, we'll be at the Farm Progress Show, and you'll be having your seminars, right? Yes, uh, uh, Todd Holtman and I are going to be having seminars at 9.30 and at uh, 1 o'clock uh, in our DTN building. And we're over in the northeastern part of the showgrounds uh, there at Boone, kind of uh, uh, with uh, quite a few of the uh, grain bid manufacturers. And uh, that's a, it's a good spot, and uh, a lot of folks come by, and it's always fun to see them. All right, we'll see you there and talk to you again next week. Thanks a lot. Sounds good, Mike. Thank you. DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. All right, the latest ag equipment sales numbers are out. We'll go over them with Kurt Blade, Senior Vice President, Ag Services for the Association of Equipment Manufacturers, coming up next on AOA Adams on Agriculture. Farmers are feeling the pain from President Trump's trade war. Brent Bible farms in Lafayette, Indiana. Today we farm about 5,000 acres and raise primarily corn and soybeans. Free trade is essential to the ag economy. This is not a war that I signed up for. It's not a war that I want to be drafted for. Our farm and many others like ours will be one of the first casualties of the trade war. President Trump, stop the trade war. 
Paid for by Farmers for Free Trade. TariffsHurt.com. A lot can happen in six seconds. A rodeo ride, a dramatic basketball win, and the world record holder can solve a Rubik's Cube. Six seconds is how long it takes for an 18-wheeler traveling at a safe speed to come to a complete stop. And in those six seconds, that truck will travel the length of two football fields. So please, give them room. Never cut in front of a large truck for any reason. Our roads, our safety. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. Time for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. A positive tone in corn and soybean futures on this Tuesday trading session, with soybean futures trending around five to six higher an hour into the day, two to three better in corn. Good to excellent ratings for corn and soybeans declined just slightly last week, according to USDA's crop progress numbers released on Monday. 70% of the corn crop rated good to excellent last year at this time. 62% of the crop was rated good to excellent. 73% of the corn crop in the dough stage as of Sunday, with 26% of the nation's crop dented. December, new crop corn hovering at 373 and a quarter, up two and a fraction. Buyers entered the market and supported December corn on an intraday dip to 366 yesterday. In soybeans, the new crop November contract, seeing resistance levels around the 20-day and 40-day moving averages. The 40-day seen at 882, 20-day at 883 and a half. For the wheats, we are topside Chicago and Kansas City, one to two and a fraction better, but Minneapolis spring wheat is trending three to four lower. The spring wheat harvest for the nation, 35% complete as of Sunday. That's ahead of the five-year average of 27%. For livestock at the Merck on this Tuesday, we are near unchanged in nearby live cattle futures. Feeder cattle, 25 to 75 cents lower in the more active contracts. Cash cattle, bids and asking prices could begin to take on better definition today, but it could be a dull day in cattle country once again. Lean hog futures trending 80 to 95 cents higher, cash being called lower once again on this Tuesday. On Wall Street, the Dow is up 68 points. September crude oil in New York up 68 cents. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture, presented by the American Ag Network. I'm Rusty Halverson. All right, guys, we're ready for our four-season sunroom, and Daddy's going to get a rec room with refreshments. Oh, no, we'll be sleeping under the stars. Mom, what about the one with, you know, the fun? Nice try, little bro. It's a gym, my gym. Hey, Grandma's getting her four-seasons garden room, weather tight and still like being outdoors. Maybe a living room. Oh, no, wait, a family hub. Yeah. No matter what the budget, the season, or the climate, Four Seasons Sunrooms let you and your family enjoy the outdoors inside. Call now to hear more about these great offers from the premier manufacturer of sunrooms since 1975. To find out more, call toll-free 800-988-4477. That's 800-988-4477. Call 800-988-4477 today. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Well, even with all the trade problems and all the uncertainties in agriculture this year, we have been pleasantly surprised to see the 
Ag equipment sales numbers stay strong throughout the year. Let's talk about the new numbers with Kurt Blade, Senior Vice President, Ag Services for the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. And, Kurt, the latest numbers kind of continue what we've seen throughout this uh, first part of the year anyway, and we don't know what's going to happen here at the end of the year, but uh, so far, so good. Coming forward, but I'm pretty pleased with these uh, with these latest July numbers continuing on with that nice trend of uh, of, of of year-over-year growth and month-over-month growth. Kind of led by self-propelled combines. They have done very well, and the July numbers are strong again. Yep. Self-propelled combines continue to be strong. In fact, in the U.S., we're looking at uh, about 23% above last year uh, at this time for self-propelled combines. Obviously, that's a that's a considered purchase. So farmers... Uh, you know, if they're making an investment in a combine, they got to feel a little bit good about the future or good about the crops that they have going on or or just simply it was time to replace that, that combine. But, uh, you know, 23% is a pretty sizable number. And, you know, month over month, that's actually an even bigger month. Uh, you know, this year, this year, uh, go July, we're actually 40% above uh, where we were this year, this year in July. Big and speaking of, speaking of big numbers, U.S. sales of four-wheel drive tractors took a big jump in July. They did take a big jump, uh, you know, 70% increase. Now, Grant, Grant, we're talking uh, four-wheel drive combines. We're not talking about a huge number, so the percentages do give a little bit of a different, uh, uh, maybe a, a, a false uh, false sense of growth here. But year over year, four-wheel drive combines are still up about 13% year over year. So that's pretty strong numbers. And, again, not a not a, uh, not a a cheap purchase. That's, a, that's an expensive piece of equipment that uh, – that a row crop farmer is going to feel good about their uh, either their tax situation or, or their crop or something else that's, that's causing their, their business to think that it's worth making that investment. So four-wheel drive tractors, up again how much for July? Uh, July, 77% for July and 12.7% mm-hmm. for the year. Okay, what about two-wheel drive tractors? So two-wheel drive tractors is a bit of a mixed bag. They're still... Uh, you know, definitely up year over year and month over month, uh, but it does uh, vary by class. Uh, as, as we've been saying for the last, you know, year, basically, the under 40 horsepower market continues to just be strong, and that's a good reflection of the overall economy. As you know, a good chunk of those tractors don't necessarily go to farmers. Uh, they go to folks that have, have land or, or have, uh, have, you know, benefited some, from some income, income somewhere else. So those guys are, uh, you know, we're about... 10% year-over-year growth and month-over-month growth. We're at about 16% month-over-month growth on the uh, 140 horsepower. The uh, 40 to 100 horsepower tractors, we're seeing some, you know, basically flat, uh, a little down for the month of July and uh, just a little bit up year-over-year. And then the over 100 horsepower tractors, we saw some, you know, steady growth, about 5% year-over-year for the uh, for the over 100 horsepower tractors. So if you look at the at the total picture, we're we're thrilled with what this uh, what this what this report showing us, showing some positive uh, some positive indication, kind of continuation of what we've seen for the last couple of months. But as I started off saying, you know, Mac, we we got some real concerns about the demand, uh, the demand for uh, for our crops, for our soybeans, for our corn, and obviously that has a pretty big impact on the demand for equipment as well. We're talking with Kurt Blade, Senior Vice President, Ag Services for the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. Yeah, Kurt, really, when you look at the, the, 
the ag news each day, the the markets most days, you would not expect these kind of sales numbers for ag equipment. No, no, uh, and I've I've been talking with our uh, with our members at at Lane to try to get a sense for what's uh, you know what's really behind a lot of these numbers, and I think what we're what we're seeing is that again it's those storm clouds on the horizon. And so folks are uh, saying, hey, you know what, if, if this is going to happen, let's prepare for long winter. And if that means we buy a piece of equipment now or if now is the time to deal on a piece of equipment because, you know, we don't know what the next six months of the year is going to look like, that seems to be one of the conversations that's, that's coming about is that we, the uncertainty is, is not worth the risk, so folks are willing to make a, make a purchase today. You get a lot, as you mentioned earlier, there are a lot of different factors that figure into this. Some of it may be just the need to uh, to trade to to make a an upgrade. Uh, so some of that figures in. But uh, I still, you know, you you talked about this being a kind of a transition year, and you were kind of this is going to be an interesting year how it plays out. I mean, here we are through now through July. These numbers, uh, I think, a pretty amazing story that they've held strong this long. I, I would absolutely agree. I mean, I think I think when we looked at some of those bumps a couple of months ago, I think we called that an anomaly and say, well, that's just, just a, you know, this, that's just a calendar date. But I think when you when you begin, you know, seven months into the year and you're seeing, you know, seven percent growth year over year in the tractor sales, that's pointing to something. That's pointing to a trend. And and uh, whether the trend continues to hold is a different story, but it certainly I think we can. We can look back on history and say that this has been a pretty solid year for equipment manufacturers, certainly the first half. What are the dealers saying about inventory out there? Well, it's, it, is a, it is also a mixed bag. It's, I think we had indicated a couple of months ago when saying that, uh, you know, it took a little while for the glut of used equipment that was sold seven years ago to work its way through the system. And what we're hearing from dealers and as well as from the manufacturers is that, uh, that the inventories are kind of matching where the market is, and that's a good thing. You don't want to you don't want them to be out of line. You want to be out of line one way or the other because that just sort of uh, creates some some false markets uh, one way or the other. So I think that what we're finding is that the uh, the inventory demands and the inventory uh, on the on the dealership lots is reaching about where it should be given what the market demand looks like. Kurt, I, I get the feeling there's a it's maybe not a deadline. It's not a set date, but there's something coming here in the next several weeks. Uh, the the midterm elections, which I think will spur something along the lines of getting a farm bill signed. We may get a, a trade deal. It looks like with Mexico, the China thing could go on for a while. But but it, all of a sudden, if you start, if you get a farm bill passed, if you get a trade a trade deal done with a major partner like Mexico, um, to me. That kind of gives you a little bounce uh, after harvest. But if those things fall through, if the farm bill drags out, if the Mexico deal falls through, we have more trouble with China, then it could go the other way. So it seems like we're, we're kind of coming into a really critical time here. I, I think we absolutely are coming into a critical time. As you mentioned, the farm bill, I mean, I, all indications from our, from our folks in D.C. is that we will have a farm bill before the election. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. If nothing else, just psychologically, it's a good thing. But the other indication that we're hearing from our friends in, in, uh, in D.C. is that this trade negotiation is in for a while um, and that, uh, that it's, you know, we're not, uh, there, there are folks that are saying that this isn't going to be a short-term fit. Now, I, 
I, I'm optimistic and hoping that we can get something resolved sooner rather than later. But uh, the, there are there are folks that are firmly believing that this is a this is a longer term deal. But Mike, as you had also mentioned, you know, harvest is a positive time for farmers. This is this is the fruits of the labor. So you know nothing nothing raises your spirits than by you know I'm sitting here in central Illinois right now, looking at some beautiful soybeans. And uh, tell you what, that, when that combine drives through those fields and seeing those yield. Uh, numbers just tick up and up and up. That's got to do a little bit for spirits. Couple that with a good with a good farm bill, and then you got farmers that are that are feeling good about their business. And and we certainly you know are optimistic that that's going to translate into some equipment sales. Unless you're in Missouri, where the the drought has uh, really wiped out a lot of the crop this year. I'll tell you what, I the the, the Blades Farm we've had uh, a, you know a couple of couple of good little uh, good little rains in the last. Last little bit. It's it's not it's not perfect, but some of the rains have been quite timely there in northeast Missouri. Uh, Kurt, I always ask you about these steel and aluminum tariffs because uh, you know there's so much in the news and really kind of kicked off a lot of these tensions and, and tariffs and trade battles. But uh, certainly when you when you look at those, uh, it puts uh, farm equipment right at the front line on that issue. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I, I had a, we had a, a board of directors meeting last week. Uh, with uh, several of the uh, of the leaders of the North America equipment companies on the on the ag side as well as the construction side of our association, every single conversation is about steel. Uh, it's a it's a big concern, steel and aluminum, and uh, because it is such a a uh, an important you know cost uh, factor for the for the piece of equipment, and we know that we want to be very sensitive to the. To the prices uh, uh, of the uh, that we're charging to uh, to farmers or to the or the purchase of our, our equipment, and we're especially concerned on the on the farm side because it's a double whammy. It's obviously you know our cost of goods are going up, and then the commodity prices are just not there because of of uncertainty in RFS or uncertainty on trade. Uh, those are those are big concerns. So that's why you know we've been fighting the fight. And we're going to continue to fight the fight. Uh, you know to. To oppose the steel tariffs, steel steel tariffs, aluminum tariffs, as well as coming up with just the freest possible trade that we can have, so it benefits our uh, our North American farmers. So another month's numbers are out. They're looking pretty good. You kind of breathe a sigh of relief and kind of start bracing for the next month. That's <laughs> exactly it. I'm <laughs> bracing bracing for the for the next month. But right now I'm cautiously optimistic. Cautiously optimistic. Well, we'll hope the the numbers uh, stay good. Always good to talk with you, Kurt. Thanks a lot. Safe travels to you. Thanks much, Mike. Kurt Blade, Senior Vice President, Ag Services for the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. And again, the, the July sales numbers uh, looking pretty good. Well, I just got back from the Missouri State Fair in Sedalia. Had a great visit there yesterday. There was a, a rally there with the ag groups and uh, Farmers for Free Trade. And again, talking about the importance of getting these trade deals done and getting through these uh, tensions and the tariffs and everything. Some final thoughts from my visit yesterday to the Missouri State Fair. And we'll also hear from Angela Hoffman, co-director for Farmers for Free Trade. That's coming up next on AOA Adams on Agriculture.
Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 immediately. That's 800-955-4538. Page Publishing is looking for authors of all types of books. And unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review each and every book submitted to them and give you their feedback. If they like what they read, they'll get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, Barnes & Noble, and other outlets. They handle everything. Editing, cover design, copyright protection, printing, publicity, and distribution. So if you've written a novel, children's book, cookbook, inspirational work, poetry, or a biography and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800-955-4538 now for your free author submission kit. Again, for your free author submission kit, call 800-955-4538. That's 800-955-4538. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 for your free author submission kit. Did you ever look at the stains in your coffee cup and then realize that's exactly what happens to your teeth? Paraswabs is the five-minute solution to get your teeth white without visiting the dentist. This is John Greenhut, the CEO of Paraswabs. And if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, all it takes is five minutes with Paraswabs. In five minutes, you'll see an average of two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. It's clinically proven to whiten natural teeth as well as caps and veneers. The secret is a tooth detergent that was developed by Dr. Dr. Martin Ginniger that lifts stains off of your teeth. Best of all, there's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes and you're done. To try Power Swabs risk-free, call 866-504-0276. That's 866-504-0276. I guarantee your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free today. 866-504-0276. 866-504-0276. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor, or SPF, of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. UVA rays age the skin, UVB rays burn, and both cause cancer. But the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Did you ever look at the stains in your coffee cup and then realize that's exactly what happens to your teeth? Paraswabs is the five-minute solution to get your teeth white without visiting the dentist. This is John Greenhut, the CEO of Paraswabs. And if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, all it takes is five minutes with Paraswabs. In five minutes, you'll see an average of two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. It's clinically proven to whiten natural teeth as well as caps and veneers. The secret is a tooth detergent that was developed by Dr. Martin Ginniger that lifts stains off of your teeth. Best of all, there's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes and you're done. To try Power Swabs risk-free, call 866-504-0276. That's 866-504-0276. I guarantee your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free today. 866-504-0276. 866-504-0276. 
Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 11ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.11ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 11ignoremyscore.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Well, it is indeed state fair time. A number going on now. Illinois, Missouri, Iowa, Indiana. Uh, it's just that busy time of year. And I enjoyed my visit yesterday to uh, Sedalia, Missouri for the Missouri State Fair. Had a lot of good fair food. Always uh, enjoy that. Looking for, Look forward to that every year. Saw a lot of good friends and that was a chance uh, to talk issues with a number of folks as we broadcast yesterday from the Missouri Farm Bureau building. Number one topic for those in Missouri, of course, drought. And uh, sounds like they're going to get some rain this week, so that uh, that's good news for them. But it's been a tough, tough year. And as we mentioned yesterday's year, if you were with us on the broadcast yesterday, they have a lot of concerns as well about uh, what looks to be the formula that will be used for aid assistance this year and that it's going to be based evidently on production numbers from this year. Well, Missouri, many farmers aren't going to have uh, hardly any production this year, so their assistance could be uh, very little, if any. So they're very concerned about that. They're trying to get that message across to Washington, D.C., but it seems like uh, uh, it's hard to get that message through right now. So it could be a double whammy for many farmers in Missouri. Big issue for them. Of course, a lot of talk about trade as well, and um, there was a an event held yesterday at the Missouri State Fair, as is being held in other state fairs as well, uh, put on by Farmers for Free Trade. They bring in uh, the uh, state's ag leaders, and they talk about the importance of trade and the importance of exports and how these tariffs and trade tensions and trade wars hurt uh, producers uh, throughout the country and uh, that was held yesterday in Missouri I talked with Angela Hoffman co-director for Farmers for Free Trade about the event well Farmers for Free Trade is at the Missouri State Fair today with Commissioner Chin the Ag Commissioner from Missouri as well as the head of Farm Bureau corn growers pork uh, soy and other growers who are here to express how important trade is to the state of Missouri and how much they'd like to see some of these trade disputes resolved quickly so they can get on to the business of making sure they're selling high-quality product, especially at a time when they're in the middle of a drought here in Missouri. So some sort of certainty is really important for their short-term and long-term future. You're asking people to sign a banner. What 
what will you do with that? So these banners are going to members of Congress, but it's also going right to Washington, D.C. And we are, have invited each of the heads of the organizations, but we'll be outside of the Farm Bureau booth today, and we'd like folks from across the fair to come sign their name to this banner and support a trade. Are you doing this in other states as well? We are. In fact, we've been very busy. We've been in uh, Minnesota recently, in Iowa, Illinois. We're going to next be in Pennsylvania this week. And we are so energized because farmers and ranchers from across the country are actively engaged in what's happening in trade and, and sharing their voices in the mix. And you have a campaign underway to help get that message out to uh, the decision makers in Washington, D.C. And uh, that message is going out that this this is this these tariffs and the uh, tensions that are going on in trade are negatively impacting farmers across the country that's right so we have a campaign that's called tariffs hurt the heartland and that's really what's happening right now we see tariffs that are impacting the top line with retaliation and some of the markets that are being shut out such as soybeans are really being impacted by that and similarly tariffs on things such as steel and aluminum are increasing the cost so in the end farmers are really really paying the price for this trade war what has been the response and the reaction you're getting as you go around the country? We have had an outstanding response because people are energized because this is something they can be a part of. Trade is not sort of this mysterious box. It's something where you get to weigh in and tell your story. We've seen thousands of signatures across the country. We've seen people recording videos on our site at www.farmersforfreetrade.com. You can upload a 15-second video and talk about trade. And we see people engaging their members of Congress. And we've also been very heartened by the state-level leadership. So a lot of engagement from governors and secretaries of ag, such as Commissioner Chin. What is the next step you'll take on the, in this campaign? Well, in this campaign, we'd really like to continue focusing on getting NAFTA wrapped up but, so we can get that move on with our great trading partners of Canada Mexico. We'd like to see things calm down with respect to the tariffs and use some other means so farmers are not in the crosshairs. And then more, more importantly, start getting back into the business of opening up new markets. There's a lot of products in perhaps, you know, the Asia Pacific. We'd sure like to be in those markets like Japan as quickly as possible. Angela Hoffman, co-director of Farmers for Free Trade, as she was uh, yesterday at the Missouri State Fair in Sedalia. Uh, the message we heard, we talked about this earlier, but the message we heard uh, yesterday at the Missouri State Fair, farmers still supportive of President Trump. Uh, they understand the need to resolve some uh, trading issues, uh, intellectual property and things like that with China, that very much in support of, of getting that uh, uh, resolved. But uh, patience is, uh, especially if you're in a, a state like Missouri that's so hard hit by drought this year and uh, you're not going to have yield, you may not get much in the way of uh, assistance out of the aid package. Uh, you know, patience is starting to be stretched thin in many cases and uh, they, they need help and they need to see some, uh, as I said, certainty in some of these issues, such as trade, or getting some trade deals done. And the events like yesterday at the Missouri State Fair and similar events being held at other state fairs, uh, trying to draw attention to these issues and, and get the attention of the decision makers in Washington, D.C. Also, of course, Missouri is going to have a, a lot of eyes on it and a lot of money pouring into that state uh, from around the country with a key Senate uh, race there between Josh Hawley and uh, uh, incumbent Mc Claire McCaskill. So we will see how that plays out, but that's going to get a lot of attention because it could help, uh, you know, it may race that will be watched, and uh, we will keep an eye on that. Speaking of political races, uh, it's, it's that time of year. Several primaries being closely watched as uh, in the Midwest to see how some uh, 
Midwestern Democrats' comebacks will go in Wisconsin. Democrats uh, have several candidates to select from who, to see who will face Governor Scott Walker in November. And a lot of outside money will be pouring into there as well. And um, on, in the Republican primary to see who will challenge Senator Tammy Baldwin. So Wisconsin, another state to keep a close eye on in Minnesota. You've got the one-time governor and even a presidential candidate one time, Tim Pawlenty. Uh, he has a, a fight uh, trying to, re, uh, to capture the GOP nomination for the office uh, that he previously held. So um, you've got all these races. The November elections, the midterm elections, as I said earlier, really a big playing a big part, I think, in all this and may actually help get some action on trade and farm bill, RFS, things like that. We will see. Uh, but that's certainly a factor in all this coming up tomorrow. The latest on the new dairy revenue insurance plan and much, much more. Hope you'll join us right here on AOA Adams on Agriculture. Have a great day, everyone.